0: Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This
1: is the big
0: show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years on 975-1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. <laughs>
1: Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to talk a little bit about Utah and the Pac-12. Let's jump out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Covers the Utes for the Salt Lake Tribune. He's Josh Newman. What's going on, Josh?
2: How are you, boys?
1: Hey, we're doing all right. I bet uh, when you moved to Utah, you weren't expecting hurricane force winds, huh, Josh?
2: No, I I, def- I definitely thought I left hurricane season behind on the east coast. But yeah, we got yeah, we got the wind, we got the trees all over the place, we got the people without power for four days, so uh it was a nice little taste of being back east for about, you know, three, four days. So Josh, I was
3: wondering would you ever attend a party uh hosted by an outfit called Young and Dumb?
2: <laughs> uh I haven't been young and dumb for many, many years, Gordon. I might still be dumb. I'm sure my wife you know, would agree with that. But I would not attend a dance party by somebody called young and dumb, and I certainly would not do it in the middle of a global pandemic. So uh, thank you to all those kids for bringing the state's positivity rate up to almost 12%.
1: Speaking of complications resulting from the coronavirus, uh, news coming out, what, uh, like half an hour ago, Josh, uh, from ESPN.com, the Pac-12 is targeting mid to late November at the earliest to return to play. What do you make of this news?
2: Yeah, I don't know if that was like super brand new news, but yes, it is worth noting that, again, that the Pac-12 is, you know, they are... They are formulating multiple plans, multiple contingency plans. And, yes, the most aggressive plan is to get everybody back on back on the field playing games around Thanksgiving. Now, as I'm sure we all know, the problem with that is all four California schools and both Oregon schools, that's half the league. Half the league cannot even pick up a football right now. Half the league cannot even practice. So while I appreciate the Pac-12 trying to be aggressive and trying to find trying to find ways to get everybody back on the field sooner than later something like that remains a non-starter until everybody can practice or at least the majority of teams you know we're not even having the majority of teams right now being able to you know to practice to have any contact to you know to do drills with a football so and look all that could change right you know despite the california schools and the oregon schools the rapid response testing is coming That stuff may relieve some of the concerns in California and Oregon. And, look, we may still get to Thanksgiving and be able to play football that early. But for right now, it still feels like some wishful thinking.
3: So, Josh, I know you only finished two and a half years of law school and uh, then decided you wanted a more noble (laughs) calling, and so you went into sports writing. But will you explain to our listeners why the Niners and the Rams can play football, but uh, USC, UCLA, and Cal and schools like that
2: can't? It's my understanding that there – and again, as you said, Gordon, I didn't complete law school, but it is my understanding that there is some sort of exemption – because um, those those California pro teams, they are able to test daily, right? They have the means, they have the financial, uh, you know, they have the financial possibilities to be able to test their players and their staff on a daily basis to make sure that everybody is healthy. Whereas, if you're on a you know, you're on a college campus at, at UCLA and USC and Stanford and Cal, and those places are not able to test their players and staff daily. Now again, with the Pac 12s uh, the Pac Twelves agreement with Quidel to to produce rapid response daily testing, the the thinking, the hope is that once that is in place at the end of this month or early next month, some of those restrictions on the California schools will be lifted with the daily testing, and those schools will be able to practice, and we can move forward with a you know with a college football season. So that's the main difference, really. The, you know, the pro teams have the means to to test everybody every day, while the colleges, uh, as of now, do not.
1: Josh Newman of the Trib with us here on 97.5 and twelve eighty the Zone. And uh, Josh, I know you don't cover BYU, but Kalani Sitake did a media availability today, and I thought it was actually very unfair that he was answering these questions about the postponed Army game when those were questions probably to be asked to the athletic director yet uh, we have not heard from Tom Holmo uh, in a while actually whereas Mark Harlan up at the U has has been uh, a different story as he's been uh, available in a variety of different outlets uh, throughout all of this and I know you've been following all of that so talk to us about the message that's coming out of his camp and what Mark Harlan has had to say lately
2: I think Mark Harlan throughout this whole thing and again this is going back to early mid march I, I Really genuinely believe that Mark Harlan has done, you know, a nice job of being transparent, uh, and mostly, you know, sharing information, sharing what he knows. He's been, uh, available to the media, not a ton, but, you know, and I'm not singling out BYU, but Mark Harlan has probably done more media than I would say the average athletic director, uh, not just in the Pac-12, but everywhere. Um, In terms of Utah, yeah, you know, I've written it and I would like to, I would have liked to have seen a little more transparency, actually a lot more transparency about uh, sharing uh, positive test numbers with the public. Now, look, Mark Harlan will argue that, you know, they're going through the proper steps and when there's a positive test, they go to the Department of Health and it's on record and they go through the proper protocols and the whole thing. He and I can agree to disagree to me. It's a, public, it's a major, significant public health matter. Uh, matter, And the University of Utah Athletic Department, in my opinion, should be making positive tests public. But beyond that, again, I, I, I do think Harlan and his staff, uh, they, they, they have done a good job of, of, of mostly being transparent. Uh, certainly, certainly among the more transparent athletic departments in the Pac-12, uh, if not the country right now.
3: So, Josh, uh, if if there is a season that starts uh, in November or December, whenever it would be, what do you think it's going to look like? And obviously it would be outside the realm of uh, college football as a whole, right? Because that would eliminate any of the Pac-12 teams from being involved in the college football playoff. So how do you think what do you think it would look like?
2: Yeah. No, you make a good point. Um, whenever, you know, whenever the PAC 12 gets back to playing football, you know, you can cross off the PAC 12 from being involved in the college football playoff, which is a shame for a school like Oregon, who, who really has a strong team, you know, the you know odds on prohibitive favorite in normal conditions to win the PAC 12 and potentially go on to the college football playoff. So that's one thing, right? The PAC 12 is not going to the college football playoff uh, beyond that. Uh, you know the NCAA on Wednesday is expected to uh, is expected to vote on what a you know what the parameters of a winter spring football season will look like. It's expected to be a maximum of eight games. Uh, whether or not the Pac-12 you know opts to play eight games, that's a different story. Uh, Kyle Whittingham said late last month that he would probably feel more comfortable at a lesser number. You know five, six, seven. You know he felt like eight was a little much. And I think the one, I think the one really big underlying thing right now as far as the Pac-12 goes is, is, you know, hypothetically, let's say that the Big Ten figures out how to play, you know, in mid-October, right? You're hearing all these things and there's rumors and maybe the Big Ten figures that out. If the Big Ten plays in mid-October and the Pac-12 among the Power Five schools is left on an island by itself, I don't know how much motivation there's going to be to really really play a you know november january february season if you're the only power five school doing it if you were in lockstep with the big 10 like we were hearing at one point you could you know play your season side by side you could get some bowl games going maybe you get a spring rose bowl who knows but if you're by yourself while everyone else is playing i think that's going to be i think that's going to be tough for the pack 12 but we're not quite there yet
1: Josh Newman of the Salt Lake Tribune with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Josh, how much work is the football team and the staff uh, allowed to do right now?
2: So as of right now, uh, you know, the NCAA mandated that um, for the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, uh, the Mountain West, and the Mid-American Conference, all four of those conferences uh, postpone fall football. So what they're allowed to do currently is uh, you're allowed to do 12 hours per week of, of football activity Mixed between, you know, um, no contact drills. You can wear uh, pads and helmets, but no contact. You can use a football. You can run drills. You can be in the weight room. And you're mandated, uh, I believe it's two days off per week. Everybody has to be off two days per week. So, so that's where we are. You know, we're kind of in this, you know, gray area of nothing right now where Utah doesn't have any games on the horizon. And they're allowed to practice. 12 hours a week that's you know that's kind of a compromise between you're allowed 20 hours in season and you're allowed eight hours out of season so 12 was kind of you know a compromise to allow them to get on the field and get some work done and um and stay fit and the whole thing so um yeah that's it 12 hours and we're going to see we're going to see what happens here shortly if the uh if the Pac-12 can get a season together and then you know we'll see what it looks like from there. So, other than, other than
3: individuals not getting paid, what effect has the furlough uh,
2: situation had on everybody up there? I mean, obviously, every, everybody is not getting paid, and I think, I think from a from a larger perspective, I think, and again, I don't want to give too much credit to anybody at one time, but I feel like that was a pretty prudent, rational move. It may seem you know unpopular, but I think that's a pretty you know reasonable rational move to be furloughing everybody uh, you know you're not just taking you know the highest money makers it's not just you know Larry Kurstoviak and Kyle Whittingham and Mark Harland and other and other big money people inside that department. Um, everybody is kind of sharing in the responsibility that department is two hundred people um, everybody has to deal with it um, it doesn't sound like there's been any there's been any crazy things happening uh nobody nobody quitting over this or anything like that there have unfortunately been some layoffs along with those furloughs and then you know mark Harlan does uh kind of his in-house utah produced podcast about once a month and you know he made a good point on his latest podcast which came out last week you know they're at the point now where you know, you're staring at this 50, 60 million dollar shortfall. Um, you're going to furlough everybody to, you know, between two weeks and eight weeks. Everyone's getting furloughed, and they're going to come out of that, and they're going to be able to, you know, they've gotten the deficit down to a point where they can probably work out a loan with central campus to kind of make up the deficit. And you know, all in total, the whole point of this is to come out on the other side of this thing in not a super dire financial position. So again, furloughing everybody may seem unpopular, but again, that seems like a pretty, you know, rational, prudent move to, to, you know, to get to the other side of this thing and hopefully, hopefully get back to normal sooner than later.
1: Josh, thank you very much as always for jumping on with us. We really appreciate it. Keep up the good work. Stay safe guys. Back at you. That's uh Josh Newman covers the Utes for the Salt Lake Tribune. And, uh, basically giving us the lowdown on where exactly the Pac-12 is at. I hope, you know, max of eight games, sweet. Uh, bring it on. Uh, you know, what they can pull off if it's mid to late November. You know, I think the later it pushes into the spring, Gordon makes it less and less likely to happen. So, you know, plan to, to get going and give yourself some flexibility to, to get through it.
3: And I would imagine that uh, even if they do all of that, uh, there still be some interruptions, just like we talked about for the fall season where the schools for the schools that are playing now. So it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a bumpy ride no matter what. But uh, I don't know. All I all I can hope for is that, you know, the medical people will make breakthroughs that there will be good news on that front and that, uh, and, and we can get to a point where this isn't such a great concern, not just for those of us who cover sports and talk about sports but for everybody, uh, it's, it's, it's a real complication in people's lives, that's for sure.
1: So big thanks to Josh for jumping on the show. We uh, greatly appreciate it. Coming up right around the corner, we'll get to a couple of uh, other thoughts from Kalani Sataki during his media availability today. Uh, stay tuned. Mannix will be on with us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour as the NBA playoffs continue on, Gordon. And somehow, some way, we have a Game 7 in the Denver Clippers matchup, oh. which is just amazing to me. But,
3: Unbelievable, Jake.
1: <laughs> I, Unbelievable. I what is with the Nuggets? And uh, Dan Toney, uh just uh, peacing out in Houston, which we kind of all saw coming about a year ago, but uh, that didn't take long, did it?
3: No, it didn't.
1: Yeah, I like how the, did you notice the PR spin on him leaving? Uh, did you, the, I can't remember who first reported it, but I basically saw it as uh, Mike has uh, elected to become a free agent <laughs> it's like oh, <laughs> has he now. All yeah. right. yeah, well, okay. I bet he gets another job next year. We'll we'll run that by Chris. okay, Jake, so down.
3: next time you see me next time you see me in Austin, punch us right in the nose and then we'll see uh, if you want to become a free agent after okay. that, right?
1: Well as long as I get to punch you in the nose,
3: <laughs> Be well worth it, then,
1: right? <laughs> Be well worth it. All right. Stay tuned. That's all straight ahead. Oh, PK at five. Uh, don't forget about uh, Patrick Kinahan, our boy, joining us at the top of the five o'clock hour. Stay tuned. More big show next 97.5 and 1280 of the zone.
0: You about don't even say I love you no more. Saying how we feel is no longer allowed. Some people things out and some just don't know how to change.
1: Let's go wait till the. World Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, ninety-seven five of the zone. Thank you for making us part of your day. Big thanks to Josh Newman for jumping on uh, uh, with us in the in the last segment. Um, of course, he covers the Utes for the Salt Lake Tribune. And uh, Gordon, do you have you thrown your weight around with Josh lately over there at the Trib? Does he know? No. you know he know where the bread is buttered over there.
3: <laughs> Please come on.
1: Because I thought uh, you just had some sort of, like, a introduction to all the new writers. And Josh's been here for a while, but it just lets them know kind of how things work.
3: No, 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 no. Just because I did that to you a couple times doesn't mean <laughs> that I do it to And everybody.
1: Eric Walden. Uh, yeah. Wait, no, no, no. I, I just assumed there was, like, an orientation. Like, a, <laughs> like a, it had PowerPoint and stuff. Like, here is the hierarchy. Gordon on top. Paul Huntsman next.
3: <laughs> okay, that's it. Now you've done it.
1: <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. But Josh is great. He does a fantastic yeah, job uh, covering the Utes, there's no doubt. Um, no. Gordon, I thought Kalani Satake's press conference today was really, really good, and we thought we'd go through and, and play some of his thoughts, and I'm, I'm curious to get your reaction to them. Um, but let's start with this clip right here, uh, the criteria for postponing. Here's what uh, Coach Sataki had to say.
0: Well, I think what it came down to was the um, the other players involved. If it was just, I like said, with all the variables coming into it, you when you when you're he- hearing and you have to uh, um, alert other people of, of you know when you have a positive test, you have to include them in the whole decision-making process. And so when you're looking at it and you're thinking, okay, and they're telling you their protocol on whether something is a high risk or low risk environment, um, that 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 was uh, for us is like. You know, when we, we took all the information back from all these different groups, the, the right thing to do was to was to postpone it. And this isn't stop, this is wait, you know? So we're gonna keep playing until they say stop. They haven't said stop yet. And if we keep doing our part, we can continue to play, although it's gonna be a little bit different. Listen, this this is different than anything we've faced, right? And that's going for all of us in, in, in the community. And so as we're working through uh, the whole deal around COVID, we knew that this might be uh, um, this might be in the future but we have there's a lot of flexibility in our scheduling there's and you know fortunately unfortunately that this is part of the season this year we're not the only game that has postponed their games and have to reschedule there's a number of other ones too but that that shows that that programs and, and administrations are thinking about others and are thinking about the safety of people and the players involved before just going on and just playing this is this, to me, this is a very responsible move by BYU, and I applaud it. I'm going I'm just gonna do my part to get this done this week, and and hopefully get back to next week where our players can practice and prep for Troy.
1: All right, let's add one more clip to this, Gordon, and then we can kind of dig into what he's talking about here. You heard Kalani uh, talk about the different. Um, what am I looking for? You know, criteria from different entities. You know, different states, as we've chatted about before. He got a little bit more specific toward the end of his media availability. Let's let's play that real quick.
0: Yeah, locally, that that's, some, that's something that we always have to be mindful of, and and it's the coaches, the players at homes, and, and being smart with, with their groups, and and and, and um, you know, I, I don't have an answer for it other than creating a bubble. As much as you can create a bubble for yourself, that's what we have to try to do, and and I know it's not going to be perfect because we have kids that are going to school, we have all these different moving parts around us, and that's just here in Provo. You know, if you're looking at at um, um, you know, this just, just from the, the the i mentioned the symptoms the, the asymptomatic positives that causes more issues because in the just a few months ago i don't know for me i just thought if you felt like you had symptoms you go get tested well now we're learning that you could still be a positive and not have any symptoms and then that's what we've seen for most of our our positives that they're not they're not experiencing symptoms and so that complicates everything but it's not anything that's like new for the for the for us well, you've seen it's not, it's just unique to BYU major league baseball is dealing with it. Right. Unless, and, 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 you know, we'll see what, how other colleges and, and, and NFL teams are dealing with it, but I don't think you can create a great bubble unless you're doing what the NBA is doing and they're putting a tons of money and actually just keeping them isolated as a group from everything. I think that's the only foolproof way of making sure that it's uh it's going to be as safe as possible. And that's difficult to do when you're having school and you're having students. And, and I poke fun at the guys throwing parties and all that stuff. It's, you know, there's a lot of different people that feel different ways, and then are really, you know, all over the spectrum on where this, or how they, how to deal with the virus. And all I know is I have a football team that, that uh, they need to do things that are required of them. We we come here to BYU knowing that there's certain guidelines that you have to live by in your life and in academics to play football. Well, now all we've done is added to it. That you have to keep social distancing, be smart, being mindful of who you are and where you're where you're at, and um, and by doing that, you can also protect others. And that this move to postpone the game was just as much as a BYU doing the right thing for Army than just doing what's you know just just going and acting on our own. It's a big move of responsibility and ownership, and I'm glad I'm here and under this leadership from our administration and our sports medicine department.
1: So there you go, Gordon, talking, laying out just how complicated this issue is.
3: Well, I mean, I agreed with almost everything Kalani said, except for the pat on the back for how great BYU has gone about their business with this. I, I don't think they had much of a choice. I mean, you, you can't have positive players and then go out and expose other teams to that. They just can't do it. Um, so – Uh, No great uh, metal uh, attached to that, but uh, still, I mean, it is. BYU is similar to a bunch of other colleges around the country, and uh, I don't know why so many students seem to be so careless with the thing, and I'm not even saying the football team is careless. I don't know whether they are or they aren't, but if you get this, if you get COVID nineteen, it might not be your fault. You might be doing everything right, and you could still come down with it. You know, and, and that's true for all of us. So it's I don't want to be blaming people when they when they get COVID nineteen, or whether they're whether they have symptoms or whether they're asymptomatic. I it, it, it's I don't blame people for that, um, but. It would be nice if more people would be more responsible so that we could limit it as much as possible. And I'm not sure that's really happening.
1: I'm not disagreeing, uh, Gordon, when I ask you this, but are, are you really surprised? Because I'm not.
3: I don't know. I mean, what do I know? I, I, I don't know why college students do some of the things they do. I don't know why there are pictures of people in at, at, at a crowded party dance situation without masks on. I mean why would you do why would you do that why would you participate in that I mean it's not fake if this pandemic is not made up they're not making up the fact that 200,000 Americans have died and almost a million people around the globe have died from this thing it's real and people need to be real careful about the way they go about their business so that they don't afflict other people with it And uh, I agree with most of what Kalani was saying there. I mean, BYU is just trying to make the best of a a bad situation and trying to see if they can play football. And and I have no problem with them doing that as long as it can be done safely. And you better believe if you get positive tests back. You better believe you you better cancel that next game or postpone it or not play it or else you would be willfully exposing other people to uh, something that could end up really causing damage in our lives. I mean, it's it's that part of it's fairly simple and clear cut.
1: OK, but I, I mean, I'm just not surprised the young people are are continuing on about their lives. I, I'm, I'm just not. I mean, you, you lay out the explanation. Well, you, you here's, continue here's, on. here's
3: one. Here's from- one. Continue on with your life and and, and wear a mask.
1: Okay, I got you. I'm not trying to justify anybody's behavior. Here, I'll give you an example from my youth. I never understood the gauged, pierced ears. That never made sense to me. Why you would (laughs) put, like, I had a buddy who had a a hole in his ear the size he could put one of those uh, dry erase markers in. That didn't seem like a real wise decision to me, but yet, you know, there he is. I mean, young people are, mm, let me, young people are selfish sometimes.
3: But and when don't you make the, the right decisions, and then it becomes like that,
1: it becomes counterculture, Gordon. And when, I, I don't. Yeah, when it. you,
3: but when you do something like that, Jake, it's if you're if you're if you're if you're styling, you're styling, and if you're doing harm to somebody, you're doing it to yourself. You're not doing it to someone else, and that's the problem with this. If you don't, uh, if you aren't responsible with the way you handle your own business, you might uh, infect someone else. Mm.
1: I know. That, I, I'm with you, and I, I'm, I'm going to try to to make this point with as little detail as possible. But that specific situation with contagious diseases has been a problem with youth for for a long time. With other things,
3: yeah, I you know. So. And
1: yet we we talk a lot about being safe in that that aspect of our lives. But yet, like every, smoking with every, filters every Is that day. What you're meaning? Yes, I mean we're talking about uh, filtered cigarettes. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. What. Last time Wearing I checked, seatbelts.
3: Jake. What are those things called? Those earrings you were talking about. What are they called?
1: Gauged ear, gauged, gauged. Earrings? Uh-huh.
3: So if you if you wear gauged earrings, uh, last time I checked, nobody else's ears are suddenly going to have big holes in them.
1: I got it, but you understand the other point I was making about those other diseases.
3: Yes, you, I. Uh, well, not firsthand experience. See, Daniel so, House Junior.
1: Those, those are harming other people. That's been an issue. <laughs> that's, that's been an issue on college campuses. It was an issue when I was there. Anyway, I think it's been there for a while.
3: Did you ever have to deal with that?
1: No, I did not. Wow. Thank, you for, thank you for asking, but I I'll hard no on that. so
3: <laughs> no, just just concern for you. I just want to make sure you are. Right. I'll,
1: I'll tell you this: I knew people who dealt with it. Sure. Now, because of those wonderful HIPAA laws, I'll, I'll refla- refrain from using names, but. I knew some some <laughs> people who dealt with that during their their youth.
3: <laughs> but you I mean, us, can you give us initials? we? No, just
1: kidding. No, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. But uh, I'll tell you, you know, public health people have been uh, disregarding those kind of policies for a long, long time, and I'm sure continue to do so. I don't. I guess uh, my point is, is I don't know how you justify that behavior, Gordon. But uh, to be surprised by its existence, I, I am not.
3: No, well, I don't know, because I've never lived through a pandemic before, so I uh, I wasn't quite prepared for how to view uh, certain individuals' behavior in the midst of it, and so I, I don't know. I didn't know how people would react, but I guess we're seeing it.
1: You just missed that
3: 1918 cutoff, did you? Yeah, I, I came right after that.
1: But Kalani man, here bringing man. this bringing this all home. Kalani's I, I liked his attitude today because he's got a tall task, you know, managing this one hundred and twenty eight young people on his football team that he's been charged with leading through this situation. And hopefully, you know he he reiterated this a couple of times his players want to play. And so hopefully he can parlay that uh, energy into motivation to um, mitigate as much risk as they possibly can. And I'm sure Think that's what he's, he's selling to his team, I would guess.
3: Think about how frustrating that would be if the players are doing what they should be doing and yet they get uh, infected anyway. Well, now by somebody else by somebody else's irresponsible behavior and they're going, oh, man, we I got my season. We got we got our season on the line here. And now this happens. That would make me angry if I was trying to do it the right
1: way. Uh, maybe. But, I'm, you know, they're they're proceeding how they have to proceed. And, yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of frustration to go around. Uh, not just isolated to BYU, right? All right, coming up next, we'll get to more. We can talk some NBA, getting ready for Chris Mannix at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. for uh drop of the day today at 5:30 also known as sounds of various clips we have a good one want to remind you about our friends uh, at the store big event going on this week uh, another summer is gone, and you think that, uh, yet again, you are the best barbecue guy on the block. Are you? You can be one of two contestants to prove it. Uh, this Friday, the 18th, at the Ace Hardware on 6200 South and Highland Drive. Tweet us now and tell us why you should be there taking on the Zone host, Scotty Enhance for the inaugural Zone Barbecue Championship, brought to you by Ace Hardware, the store Traeger Grills, and, of course, the Zone Sports Network. Contestants will be drawn on Thursday, the 17th, during Scotty Enhance. Enter uh you could be there with us coming up on Friday. Uh I'm I'm guessing you're not a, a champion barbecuer, Gordon. How's how's Lisa's <laughs> skill with the barbecue? Uh
3: you know, we're 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 you could throw a hat over us. We're about the same.
1: I don't believe that for a second. I uh let's have why? a Monson family barbecue off. Lisa my son-in-law, v. Gordon.
3: My my son in law's been doing a lot of the barbecuing lately and I like that. It's been quite a good job he's done. Uh, for for a long time I did all the all the grilling. All of it.
1: Well I'm not talking about grilling, I'm talking about barbecue. But,
3: oh well yeah, I probably suck at that. You mean act you mean just the yeah. real deal kind of barbecue? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I probably uh, need to pass on that. I think I'd probably make a mess
1: but you can put meat on a gra- gas grill like nobody's business <laughs> and he can yeah. whip up a lime- key lime pie in nobody's in time. seconds yeah. in seconds You'll have that key line pine oh, ready to go. I
3: c- I cannot believe the the uh, the lack of faith that you guys have when I I go to all that trouble to make all that stuff and you don't believe a bit of it because oh, I it, mean, the it,
0: whole... bigfoot footage
1: that goes around is more right. believable. The the video footage <laughs> led to the conspiracy. You would have been better not off not including the video footage. Oh come on!
3: No, that's not true. It's incriminating.
1: Oh. That in video footage was. <laughs> It's pretty ridiculous.
3: It was absolutely completely authentic. You uh, uh, let me let me ask our listeners. You know, it, it, do you work with people, or do you have people who who uh, discredit what you say and what you do, even though you know that you're doing it and you're doing it the right way, and yet they still doubt? It hurts.
1: Doesn't it hurt? It hurts. So we're doubtful that you whipped up a dinner for a dozen people on the drop of the hat. And videotape yourself. It at seven. We got this. <laughs> text at seven o three. And you show a video no, of uh, of you chopping <laughs> up a couple of cucumbers, and you're like, "See, I did it all." We're cutting the cheese and the tomatoes, and in the background is already pre-sliced cheese and tomatoes. Right.
3: Already. No. Done. No. I cut that cheese. I made, made all that stuff. Prepared all. And it wasn't. It wasn't five minutes. It was an hour and five minutes.
1: And you went from chopping a couple of cucumbers to here's the the final dinner <laughs> <laughs> It was like an infomercial where that little and there it is. Said it and forget Here, it. I'll, I'll start by cutting some cheese and voila the dinner's ready <laughs> <laughs> <a>
2: la <laughs> Oh
3: man it, that, that's not quite the way it was. But you know I mean I, I did. I did an awful lot of that work, and you guys gave me no credit. Or,
1: or the key lime pie, and in the background we see the discarded tin that it came in from the store. <laughs> and by the way, <laughs> it, it, you told us you did all the work. I did. I, I did. not You set just admitted Good right catch. there. No. <laughs> no, I didn't.
3: No, I didn't set the table. I didn't. You know, get the drinks. I did the rest of it, though.
1: Wow. Well, why didn't you video that then?
3: Video what?
1: Because it didn't happen. You preparing the
3: meal. I did. I, oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> you, if we put this up to our vote, our listeners would side with me.
1: I doubt it. Well, they didn't see the video, though, because you refused to let us send it out. We could post the video. <laughs> <laughs> I don't You're think st- it's the evidence that you think it is.
3: Do you still have
1: that? Oh, I'm sure we do.
3: Um, it's filed under ever... Exhibit A. I'm going to go back and review that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, Gordon. Let's talk a little basketball. We've got Mannix coming up right around the corner. Houston loses. Not a big surprise. Uh, I would imagine you're not that surprised by D'Antoni leaving as well.
3: No, not expected it. Everybody expected it, and uh, it was clear that was going to happen. So, where what, what does a guy like that do next?
1: Oh, takes the Indiana Pacers job and swindles a bunch of money off of them. <laughs> He's
3: been known to do that from time to time. Well,
1: I mean, I just i I think the Pacers got rid of a, a good coach for the wrong reasons, but they're looking for a more offensive-oriented uh, head coach, and they've already been rumored uh, in conne- connection with Mike D'Antoni. But I wonder um, Hugh Houston finds to take that job now, because it is yeah. unique. I mean, it's a unique roster. Uh, Mike D'Antoni really, if you look at it in a lot of ways, went against his traditional coaching methods to coach James Harden. And are they going to move him? Or what coach do they find that will just come in and let him run the show 99% of the time? Um, and I don't know. Houston's complicated because they've got an owner who is really um, uh, in a hurry to win at a big level. Uh-huh.
3: And you have, on the one hand... You have a player who is an all-NBA kind of player, one of the best offensive players in the game on the planet, and yet (laughs) you've got to – how are you going to handle that? And is he going to listen to you, or is he going to do it his way? Good luck.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook, what what do you do with that? What do you do with his contract? Houston is is way over the cap right now. In fact, I'll, I'll, I'll bring up the exact numbers, but that's the whole reason they got rid of Clint Capella was because they were going to owe a huge luxury tax bill. Of course, we didn't know that we were headed into a pandemic where maybe everybody's going to have a huge luxury tax bill. But Russell Westbrook, Gordon, is under contract next year at $41 million. Oof. The year after, 21 22, $43.8 million. And then has a player option for twenty-two, twenty-three for $46.6 million. And by the way, since they're both on Supermax contracts, James Harden's uh, salary over the next few years is basically the exact same.
3: You know, and this is the problem. When you're going to be, if you're that generous in giving out money, you better spend it on the right players. Because if you don't, you're screwed. And they, I, you've never been a a a big fan of the Harden Westbrook uh, companionship, and a lot of people have their doubts about that. And yet, after the Rockets got eliminated, you heard what Harden said. They just need to bring Russ and me more help. You know, good luck. That that's a mess. Isn't that's
1: that a, a mess. Shot at some of their teammates too, might I add. But um, really, the the bad signing Gordon was the Chris Paul signing. They should not have done that. Daryl Morey should have known that uh, the relationship between Paul and Harden was unstable at best. But they had promised Chris Paul that contract when they traded for him. Yeah. So I guess you give him credit for living up to his word. But that, I mean. You, you took on Russell Westbrook's money, which was no less than Chris Paul's money. All right. So I I don't know. Well, I don't which know of those Houston players would
3: from. you rather have? Chris Paul. Yeah, me too.
1: If I'm Houston, Chris Paul. If I'm, a, you know, a, a lesser team. Well, I don't know. Maybe Chris Paul across the board. Because Russell Westbrook's game is... Not exactly a great fit in the modern NBA, and that was the the problem I saw all along. Was in order for Westbrook and Harden to be themselves truly effective, they both have to have the ball.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I don't know how. I mean, who's gonna? If there's a team out there who wants Russell Westbrook, uh, then it's going to be a team that will be hesitant to spend forty five million on one player.
1: Oh yeah, I think he's almost untradeable. I really do, but but back to James Harden's comments real quick, Gordon, and we'll get to Chris Mannix coming up uh, right around the corner. Can you really call out your teammates when you play the way that you do? No, I don't think so. That's, I don't think that's, that's fair. Do you? Yeah, that's bad form. I mean, that's yeah, that uh, that's if you hold the ball like that and then Westbrook holds the ball like he does, and you lose that series, it's it's on you, right? Yeah. And I'm I'm not even saying that critically. I mean, that's that's the game plan. The game plan is to give you the ball and let you go to work with it. And if you don't win that series, that's that's on you
3: when you're paid like that. And when you're at a certain level in the league and you have a supermax contract, then even if you have a teammate who you're not that complimentary uh, with, uh, then uh, find a way to make it work because you have to. You have to. And that never seemed to get completely solved.
1: Yeah. No, it did not. In fact, not against can make, a quality team. You can you know? make an argument. It got worse, and I yeah. I was really impressed with Chris Paul, kind of going on, uh, going along to get along there in Houston, but that only lasted so long, obviously. And they picked Russ over Chris Paul, which, or not Russ? Excuse me, uh, James Harden over Chris Paul. Which I guess you can't blame him for doing that. But I mean, they don't have a ton of flexibility, so I don't know if a new coach is exactly what that roster needs.
3: Well, they can they can keep it the way it is, and they'll they'll win plenty of games. But how far will they go in the postseason?
1: Yeah. All right, stay tuned. Big show. Chris Mannix joins us next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.